We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Day More NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. Coming at you Friday night after the Timberwolves' third straight win. Tonight, the Wolves, for the second time this season, dominated the Los Angeles Lakers. Final score was 110-92. I remember thinking this morning when I saw that the Wolves were favored in this game that I I thought it was a little crazy. You know, not Crazy that it was a, a bad line, that it was obvious to bet on the Lakers or the Wolves, or I, I don't know, Vegas is smarter than I am that way. But just kind of the simple concept that a game where LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook were all going to be playing on one team and that the Timberwolves were going to be the other team, just the idea that that on paper means suggests that the Timberwolves are the better team is um, is kind of a wild situation. And obviously, there's a, a ton of context there. The Lakers have not been good this year, and the Wolves have been playing well, at least lately. But still, on his face, just being favored against a LeBron James team is pretty wild. And I just kind of started thinking, I, I wonder how many times in LeBron's career the Wolves have been, you know, favored in a game against LeBron. I was thinking about that before the game, and I thought the one that came to mind was, I, I remember during the Jimmy Butler year uh, when the Cavs came to town, you know, the, the Wolves were pretty good that year. I remember there's like the, the Tyus Jones kind of like dunked on or around LeBron. And I was like, you know, maybe that was a home game. Maybe the Wolves were favored in that. And and then as I was kind of thinking about that game and that Jimmy team, it, it was the first time that this whole season it had even crossed my mind that this current Timberwolves team might be better than that Jimmy team. And might. I not, not saying they are, but might. I mean, obvi- obviously, that, that Butler team was a three-seed before Jimmy got hurt. They were a good team. They were they finished the season over 500. This Wolves team is not over 500. But it was on my mind as this game was going on, and, and it got kind of more and more on my mind as Carl Anthony Towns in this game began to, to dominate Anthony Davis. And he, he, he did dominate AD tonight, you know, and very similar to the way he dominated Jokic in the last game. Shocker, another team that tries to guard Cat with the center. Didn't work. Um, they didn't bring the double team. We know against Cat that doesn't work. But this Cat, this Cat for the last three games 
is becoming a different type of weapon that teams are having serious trouble slowing down. And I think that's the difference between the Jimmy team and this current team, Cat. I think Cat's the difference. Jimmy was the best player on that team, and you know, Cat was the second best player. Cat is obviously the best player on this team, and there's no Jimmy, so on paper, that that sounds like an overall downgrade, and, and maybe it is, but this cat, the point I'm trying to make is that this cat is better. This cat, for the last three games at least, this cat who's trying to, who's starting to figure things out, I think this cat is a better player than even Jimmy Butler. What we've seen from cat these last three games is not only dominance, but awareness that allows him to be dominant. He's beginning to be aware of how to read the floor. He's getting used to the way he's being guarded. But he's also becoming more self-aware, and I think that's probably even more important. Tonight after the game, in his post-game press conference, he said the only player that can beat him is himself. And I think for a lot of us who have been watching Cat for many years, we know that's accurate, but also very self-aware. And I think that awareness is the will be the key for this team to become better than that Jimmy team was in 2017-18. Here's Cat after the game. You've been defended a lot of different ways this season. Um, Coach Finch was just talking about how when it's a one-on-one matchup, um, you've been as as dominant as you can be. When you see that you are going to be guarded just without that double team in, in the course of a game, like how do you change how you're approaching your offensive game when you know you're being guarded by just one? Um, <clears throat> just be ultra-aggressive. And also understanding that the double mate, because it didn't come on the catch from the pass, doesn't mean it's not coming on the first dribble or second dribble, so or in the lane line. So, um, you know, seeing that right away, just trying to make a move and a logic move and, and be very aggressive and utilize my strength and my skill. So, um, like I said, I, I just feel that no one could guard me. So I, I go out there with the mentality that, you know, I just have to make the right plays, keep the game simple, play my game. Because um, I feel at the end of the day, no, the only person who could beat me is me. And it's just my, my mind that will, that will cost me when I try to get too cute and I try to show more of the package in my bag. We always say show more of the bag that I don't need to show. Just get to the simple move, uh, shoulder hit, uh, drop, you know, drop step, hook shot, easy, two points. It doesn't, I don't need to have any flair with it. Just got to get the job done. Cat did get the job done tonight and he did it in a very cat way. I don't think the final stat line describes Cat's dominance as it, often doesn't. Uh, He had 28 points, 10 rebounds, 11 of 10 shooting, 2 of 6 from 3. Those uh, certainly not one of Cat's best games of his career, but I I thought it was one of his more... I thought thought it was kind of up there as one of his more dominant performances. I just think in this case, we we often... Cat gets labeled with that empty stat sort of thing. I think this was kind of the opposite. I think those stats were more full than they suggest. The final line isn't that big because Cat kind of knocked the Lakers out of the game in the first half. Cat had 23 first-half points. They had no no answers for him that half. Anthony Davis could not stop Cat. So, in, in the second half, that garnered extra attention onto Cat. And yeah, you know, it slowed Cat down. I guess he only had five second-half points. But what happened was other players got going in that second half because of the attention that cat was deservedly receiving 
Beasley had 12 points in the second half. Jalen Noel had 12 in the second half. D'Lo had six. Pat Pev had five. Jane McDaniels had five. And Cat's dominance in the first half is what allowed everyone else on the team to collectively beat the Lakers in that second half. And in a night when Anthony Edwards is in the health and safety protocols, I mean, that's what this team needed. You don't replace Anthony Edwards with one player. You don't replace his production in that way. You replace his production with a team. And I think on this team, for that to happen, Cat needed to unlock the rest of the team. I thought Chris Finch put it really well post-game um, about how Cat has clearly taken the challenge of playing Nikola Jokic and Anthony Davis these past two games, but that he didn't take that challenge necessarily personally. He did it within the flow of the offense, and I thought that was, one, really encouraging, but also accurate. Here's Chris Finch. With Carl, you, you mentioned you know going up against some of his fellow big men uh, the last couple of games here. Do you, do you sense that he is trying to, to stake a claim to, to being the best big man in the league? 100%. I think that was his goal coming into the, the season was to reestablish himself as a premier big, big in this league, um, and uh, so he when he gets these matchups, he's uh, bringing his best game. What I really admire about him right now is that he's doing it within the flow of what we need. It's not like a personal battle, but it's actually coming within the flow, and his teammates are doing a great job of like finding him and riding him. You know, and then, um, and then from that we'll maybe move on. But when we need, we go back to him, and he stays within the flow of the game. Like we were trying to get him some post ups early, but he kept finding bees and these other shooters too. So he was making the right play um, in the third quarter. We kind of broke the game open, so it wasn't just all about him trying to score. Chris, after after struggling in the post for for much of the early part of the season, it really feels like Carl's starting to find a groove in that part uh, of his offensive game. What do you think you would you would attribute him just being more effective on his post ups? Well, he's, he's he's not facing double teams. He's facing one on one in the post, and he's you know might I mean he's the might be the well I think he's the best post player with his back to the basket in the league. Um, and he, he you know when when he gets a one on one matchup, no matter who it is, like he. He has great confidence in himself and his ability to get to his to his spots and make a shot. He's doing everything strong and simple, as you said. Um, you know, we face so much double teaming and so many different defensive looks with him. Um, but when when teams have played him one on one, he's you know he's had had this type of success really all season. But we just haven't seen a lot of one on one down there. We've talked on here about how post ups have been a problem for Cat this year. A, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about how Cat was the most inefficient high-volume post-up player in the league thus far, or at that point of the season. And that's true, and that's still true to some extent, uh, just on the numbers alone, but but Finch also isn't wrong. On Synergy, you can separate for post-up possessions where a player is single-teamed versus when a player is double-teamed in those post-up situations. And this year, when Cat has been hard-doubled, he's turned the ball over 24% of the time. That's far and away the highest turnover frequency of any of the high volume post-up players and those turnovers are making it so those possessions that cat is doubled are only generating 0.7 points per possession that's really a really low number but on the possessions that cat hasn't been doubled this year those possessions have been pretty good pretty close to his career average in post-up situations he's at 0.9 points per possession the issue this year 
in the post is that Cat has been getting doubled more than ever before. Uh, according to Synergy on that list, the only player who's being doubled and who has been doubled in the post more this season than Cat is Joel Embiid. So yes, it was a bit of a gift tonight that the Lakers naively decided to not double Cat tonight. Uh, not a great strategy, we know that. But at the same time, I think this is just overall encouraging to see Cat in any post situation where he is having success because that will be the difference for this team. If they can get more profitable post-up situations, because they're going to happen in the flow of this Wolves offense, if they can get more profitable post-up situations for Cat, then this team is going to stop massively struggling in the half court. That's what's happened these past three games. That's what happened tonight against the Lakers, and it's why I think, as we sit here right now, that things are beginning to look up for the Wolves offense this season. All right, we are going to take a quick break here and then get back to it with uh, the other Wolves players who I thought impacted the win tonight outside of Carl Anthony Towns. If you watch the game, you know that it's going to be a lot of Jared Vanderbilt talk here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we are back discussing the Timberwolves' 18-point win over the Los Angeles Lakers on Friday night. If you... Look at the first half box score, as we were just talking about with Cat. Uh, the story was pretty well told in the box score. Cat was dominating. He had 23 first half points. But surrounding him in that box score, you can tell that he really wasn't getting any other help. Uh, in the game, the Wolves missed their first 13 three-point attempts on the night. And overall, for the first half, the starters outside of Cat only shot a combined 9 of 26 from the field. So what actually led to the Wolves having a nine-point lead at halftime, other than Cat's 23 points, was additional possessions. And those possessions, unsurprisingly, were generated by Jared Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt had eight rebounds in the first quarter, three of which were offensive rebounds. And then in the second quarter, Vando did his thing in the passing lane, and then he got two steals that led to runouts that turned into offense. It's just such a bizarre 
sort of situation with Jared Vanderbilt. He is he is part of the reason the Wolves offense has overall struggled this season. Scoring and shooting obviously are not his strengths. And that's led, as we've talked about at length, that's led to his man doubling Cat a lot of the time, which as we were just talking about has been causing Cat problems in the post. But simultaneously, Vanderbilt is almost single-handedly solving the Wolves' other offensive problem, which is three-point shooting by just offensive rebounding so many of those three-point misses. Tonight, Vanderbilt joked after the game that the Nuggets game wasn't a very good game for him because his teammates were actually making so many shots. He, he, couldn't, get, he couldn't get offensive rebounds, and he said tonight was a good game for him because there were so many missed threes for him to go after. It's not it's not hard to recognize that Vanderbilt does things that have a positive impact on the Wolves. But it is kind of tricky inherently to quantify the impact that Vanderbilt does have. I mean, offensive rebounds don't really have an exact value, right? Like, but they do have value of when you are creating that possession, but they also have this soft value of just being an offensive rebounding threat. You know, the team has to worry about you and Vanderbilt certainly brings that I mean really it's 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 not getting that hyperbolic to say that what Jared Vanderbilt is doing is Dennis Rodman E in the modern NBA I, I asked Vanderbilt after the game about what he thinks what he sees the value of those offensive rebounds to be and whether or not just because I, I didn't think anybody has explicitly asked him about Rodman before I just kind of asked him about Rodman and what what players have or who has influenced um, how he's put together his game? I thought these were really interesting answers from Vanderbilt, who is just clearly becoming an indispensable piece on this Wolves team. Jared, a lot of people have compared the impact you, you have on the game to similar to the way Dennis Rodman impacted the game. And I'm, I'm curious, did you have players that you modeled your game after growing up? Oh, my dear. Uh, I can't say Dennis Rodman was one of them. Uh, which probably I got to college to kind of started, you know, playing in that role. But uh, like I said, just just trying to uh, you know create a way. You know, I know it's the league of shooting right now. Everybody say you got to have a jump shot to, to play in this league, but um, just trying to still make an impact on the offensive end. Uh, you know, my motto is you know why not get our best shooters more shots. So, um, you know, so that's my model going in there, getting off his rebound. Like, let's let's get one of our better, better shooters, you know, shooting the shots. And, uh, you know, while I'm in there doing the dirty work. So, yeah. It's kind of hard to quantify, like, an offensive rebound. The value, obviously, like, three-pointers were, were three points. How, how do you quantify uh, the value of an offensive rebound? Uh, I mean, I look at it like my points. You know, me generating, you know, extra possessions in. Um, so when it, when I kick it out, get another three or assist two or three or hockey assist, whatever you call it. I mean, I just look at it like my points, you know, it might not show up in the stat book or whatever, but, uh, you know, I don't really, you know, play for stats. So, um, I just look at it just being unstoppable, just doing all the little stuff that's, you know, might not show up in the stat book, but, you know, it's game changing, it's winning plays, uh, it's game changing plays, you know, gets the team going and, and uh, change the momentum. Yeah, I just thought that line on how this league is becoming a shooting league, like Cat when he spoke earlier, was just really self-aware by Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt, and also really accurate. Uh, 
I mean, it's it's undeniable that Jared Vanderbilt is generating this team's best shooters more shots. And it, it's a good reminder that this team's offensive problems are not all about Vanderbilt, not at all. Yes, there have undeniably been spacing issues this year, but the issue that's surrounding those spacing issues is that the team's best shooters have not hit shots at the clip they should. That's not on Vanderbilt. And if those shooters do get back to the levels we're accustomed to, if this team is making shots like we saw in Denver on Wednesday, then the value of Jared Vanderbilt only goes up, right? I mean, it's kind of twofold because the spacing problems will decrease. And then also the extra possessions that he is creating will increase in value if those shots are going in more often, the additional shots that he creates. The other player I want to highlight from tonight, and we'll make him tonight's Forgotten Star of the Game, presented by Forgotten Star Brewery, is Jalen Noel. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Noel had 12 second-half points for the Wolves tonight. It was it was a really similar impact felt um, by Noel to what we, we saw him contribute in the Portland game on Sunday. Um, I... <laughs> It's funny watching Noel. I mean, he's just a he's a pretty talented scorer and creator. I just wish it didn't feel like ninety percent of the shots Noel took were like a nine out of ten on the difficulty scale. But I, I think the fact that he is able to even generate shots that are a nine out of ten on the difficulty scale is what makes Noel the best option in this open Wolves bench guard role. I mean. Bomaro, Okogi, McLaughlin, whoever, they they can't generate those shots. And the Wolves need that shot generation. We also just don't often get the chance to talk to Jalen Noel, and thus you all don't often get to to hear much from Noel. So I'm going to play a few of the questions um, and Noel's answers from tonight's media availability. Um, one, just on Noel getting the opportunity, and then also I asked Noel about um, his relationship and the relationship of the players on the team with uh, Chris Finch as the coach. Jalen, you've uh, worked really hard over these last, you know, since coming into the league to try and get a role in this rotation. Just what does it mean to you now, like to be called upon and relied upon Friday night, ESPN game, Lakers, um, you know, down Ant, down Prince, to, for you know, for them to look to you for, you know, have some responsibility on your shoulders when you got when you got in there. Everything I could ask for. Uh, ever since I came in, I, I wanted to to show that I can take that responsibility. Um, you know, I work very hard. So, um, you know, I just trusted the work when I got in there. It wasn't nothing, anything special. Uh, just make sure to, to be aggressive. Um, that, that's really it. It's really no overthinking, no anything. Simple as that. What is it like um, playing with Cap when he's at the level that he's at right now? And especially in that first half when you guys are having trouble hitting shots for him to be able to kind of carry you offensively during that stretch. No, he, he, he carried us over the top short. Um, that, I think that's why we were, you know, had so much confidence, um, especially on the defensive end. We knew that Cat Cat was getting buckets and, uh, you know, we just we just need to make get stops. Um, and, you know, we, we made sure we played hard um, and we just – Cat just put us, put us on, our, on his back. Today, simple. Jalen, Coach Finch has been here for almost a year now. How is the relationship and respect that you as players have in him grown over the course of that time? I mean, man, he's he's a 
great basketball coach. Um, that was the game really well. Um, just me personally, um, you know, watching how how hard he works, how how he studies the game, how he, you know, sh- tells us certain certain ways of, you know, scoring and certain ways of, you know, defensive end uh, type things. Um, got got a lot of respect for that. Um, so, communication, like an effective communicator. With yeah, guys. yeah, definitely. Um, he know he knows he knows how to talk to guys. Um, you know, differently. Um, the way you talk to talk to Cat isn't the same way you would talk to like D'Lo. The way you talk to D'Lo is the same way you you would talk to Malik. Um, so he knows how to bring out the best in every single player on the roster. I wanted to ask that last bit about Finch because for me, just anecdotally watching uh, the bench, I, I feel like I've seen the respect the players have in Chris Finch grow this season. And I think it's I think it's noteworthy that Jalen Noel is saying that about Finch as Noel is a player who for most of the season has been buried outside of the rotation. I think respect from Jalen Noel goes a long way to that end. There, there seems to me to be a real understanding between the players and Finch. And I I think that is, I think that's so critical for Finch. I mean, Finch is a coach who, if he's going to have success with his system, it, it, that system is just predicated right on flow and interconnectingness on both sides of the floor. So you have to be connected to your players to be able and to get them to connect to each other to make that happen. So back to Jan Linnell, 14 points in 19 minutes tonight. That makes him tonight's forgotten star of the game. I'm encouraged to see Noel here in a role going forward. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how much, um, at least in the this time that Anthony Edwards and Torian Prince are going to miss. We don't know how long that will be, but certainly for however long that is, Jalen Noel will have a role in this uh, in this Wolves rotation. Also related to Forgotten Star, a reminder that Britt Robson and myself will be at Forgotten Star Brewery on Tuesday evening for a watch party of the Wolves game against the Dallas Mavericks. It's a road game in Dallas, so we thought this would be a good time to to all gather. So keep your evening free on December 21st. Tip-off is at 6.30 p.m. Get there early to get yourself a seat. If you'd like, Forgotten Star will have multiple TVs going. They're going to have a big screen projector, as I understand it, as well. So it should be fun. Come on out to Forgotten Star on Tuesday. Uh, we'll wrap this uh, episode that is becoming very long and recorded very late in the night with my prize picks from tonight's Wolves game. Uh, I was certainly on a bit of a cooler coming into this one, but tonight I went uh, three and one on my four picks and I was one more D'Lo assist away from a perfect four and oh. The over under on assists from D'Lo tonight was six and a half. I took the over, he finished with six. I definitely don't think that was an indication of a bad game from D'Lo. I've, I've kind of not that Delo's taking a backseat would be the wrong way, but I think I've really liked how Delo has kind of let Cat and Ant flex over these past few games. Uh, he Delo is very willing to just kind of be the quarterback when those two are rolling, and and tonight I also think he he was he was passing the ball well. I think it was an over six and a half assist game. Just overall, the Wolves shot under thirty percent from three, so they missed. I think the his teammates kind of cost him this, uh, or cost me this bet tonight. Um, I did get the over correct on 13 and a half points from Malik Beasley. 
think the logic there was pretty straightforward. No ant means Beasley's bandwidth in the op in the offense is just going to grow, right? Beasley started tonight for the first time this year in Ant's place. He played 32 minutes and finished with 17 points despite only making three of his 13 three-point attempts. I also took the over on three made free throws for LeBron. This, these are becoming a pretty good bet against the Wolves. The opposing teams like Alpha Wing score seems to get fouled a lot by the Wolves. Overall, I would say it was not a great game from LeBron, who finished with 18 and 10 on the night, but only shot 5 of 13 from the field. He did get to the line for 8 free throws and made 6 of them. Uh, the other one I got correct was the under on 7.5 points for Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, we just kind of know at this point that Vanderbilt's offensive shots are few and far in between. That's not his role. He finished with only 4 points tonight, but that, of course, wasn't any sort of impact or indication of what his impact was on this game. Only 4 points scored for Vanderbilt, but... In the four, 31 minutes that Vando was on the floor, the Wolves won those 31 minutes by 24 points. So 3-1 and one on the night brings me to exactly 500 on the year with my prize picks, 52, 52, and 4. If you would like to try out prize picks, you can play along with me. It's easy to download the prize picks app. You can go to prizepicks.com to create an account. When you do that, use the promo code DANE and they will add $100 to your deposit. Go ahead, uh, see if you can do better than my 500 winning percentage over this next stretch of games. All right, that is all I've got for you tonight. Uh, that's three wins in a row for the Wolves. The next two games are both against Dallas, Sunday night at home, and then Tuesday night in Dallas. I will talk to you on Sunday night, and I will see you, or hopefully many of you, on Tuesday night at Forgotten Star. Until then, I'm Dane. Peace out. I'm feeling man, I hope it never stops, yeah Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah Hope you dancing like